Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Craig Richardville, former CIO of Atrium Health, joins us today to discuss his keynote address delivered at our Healthcare Providers Transformation Assembly. He also discusses with us the changes he's seen in the healthcare leader throughout the years, current IT challenges, and the patient-first experience. Thank you, Craig, for being here. Oh, thank you for asking me. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. You did our keynote address last night, and I have some follow-up questions about you and your career and want to hear the scoop. Great. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so you've obviously had quite a successful run at Atrium. And I'm curious from your expansive career there, what are some of the changes that you saw throughout those years um, you know, with the healthcare leader? Yeah. Um, the leadership within healthcare has really changed to be somebody that is a lot more dynamic and uh, is a change agent, somebody who's looking to do something different, not incrementally improve, but actually do something totally different. So when you go back, you know, a couple of decades ago, you, you had, you know, kind of stair steps is what I would call it. Now you're taking a hard turn to the left or a hard turn to the right. And I think as healthcare becomes more of a service industry that's attracting people outside of the typical, what would be legacy healthcare, I think you'll see more and more people having that capability to take a hard turn to the left or right and really do something totally different than what has been done before. And that's kind of a difference for me between transitioning to transforming. And I think the healthcare industry is truly going to transform over the next several years. Right. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on that note, with this organization, you know, ad- adapting to change of almost a new role of a CIO, how are people, um, you know, getting used to that? How are they getting ready for that? Yeah, the uh, the CIO has really what you see is you see people moving up through the ranks or kind of moving more laterally into CIO positions. You don't have to have a technical background, in my opinion. You have to have a good technical understanding. And you have to be able to learn and talk to people who are technicians. But first and foremost, you have to know the business, the business of what you're in. You have to understand what the mission of the, of the company is, the vision, the strategic objectives, and really align all of your work and all of your resources because they are precious resources. They could be used for many other things and to use those toward achieving the objectives of the company. So there are a lot of innovative technologies going on right now and starting to be implemented. So how are organizations planning for this? Well, I think the plan is, for me at least, you just have to provide flexibility. You, know, you need to be focused on what you want to try to get accomplished, but also be flexible because what's there today is going to be different tomorrow and different a couple of days out. It is ever-changing, so you have to kind of keep up on it, and that's why building a good leadership team not only within the healthcare system, for example, but within your discipline, that's really strong because they can go out and try to tap into some of these and do some innovative type of work that you may not be exposed to at your level in some of the conversations that you're having. So as you start to look at other industries and look at things that they're doing, how that can be attractive and how you can bring that into your company, to me, that is really important. That makes a lot of sense. And so with that, there are also some challenges. Um, are there any top IT challenges that you're seeing right now or that you've experienced? What What do you have to say on that? Yeah, I think the for me, the, the largest, the biggest challenge is people want to try to do everything themselves. You know, they, they want to show their accomplishments. They want to show that they can do this. And the reality is there's so much happening out there. You have to learn how to develop partnerships, relationships, both within your company, but also outside of the company and have those people who can come in and have some value-added resources back to you, maybe resources that you have that are more of a commodity base, maybe that can be done 
more effectively and more efficiently with somebody else, kind of a co-sourcing type of an arrangement. You have to look at each one of those. And also every several years, just keep abreast of the changing market that's happening out there so you can really conserve and preserve the resources and invest them toward what's meaningful for the company. So we're talking a lot about these buzzwords, mobile first and cloud first, um, So and this whole transformation. So what are some things that we need to be thinking about in terms of developing a strategy for, for these buzzwords? <laughs> well, you forgot one, and that's patient first. Okay. <laughs> so to me, patient first is number one. Right. So as you start to look through and see decision-making processes, and, and many things, you know, it, it's a small twist to the left or the right to make the final decision. It's a little bit different. Um, what's best for the patient? If you can solve that answer, I think many of your decisions can be easily made and allow you to progress moving forward. Cloud and mobile, to me, cloud is taking things that are non-value-add like data centers and things of that nature, things that maybe over several decades ago, we were very proud that we built and we had these big centers. Now the goal is really make that more of a utility. You'll make it a very low expensive, a low cost alternative to what you want to try to get accomplished and have somebody else host that and manage that on your behalf. You want the service. You really don't care how the service is provided. So move to cloud. Mobile to me is a big part of the consumer engagement aspect of it. You know, if I want to buy something, I pull out my phone and I buy it off my phone. If I want a healthcare service, I should be able to pull out my phone, compare and contrast cost, convenience, things that are important to me, which might be different for you, but don't force me to go to you to get service. Don't force me to go to a mall to buy something have that service come to me. And that's what you're seeing. You see it in groceries now too, where your groceries get delivered right to your house, right? You don't have to go grocery shopping. And some people love the experience and love getting out there. So you still have to have some of those bricks and mortar types of facilities because some people like to look, touch, feel. And for some, it's, it's just a way to get away from you know what's happening every day. But in terms of healthcare, bring that to me so that I can pull out my phone. I can have some other kind of wearable or something in my house using Amazon's Alexa or some other voice response system to allow me to communicate and connect and to stay connected back and forth. It's all about the patient. It's all about the patient. <laughs> uh, so who do you think has the most influence on these disruptive technologies? What would you say? I think it'll end up being the patient or consumer. I think he or she will be the ones that will decide where they want to go for their care because of that. So what's important to them in terms of how they want to receive the service, they may not want to go to an urgent care center. They may not want to go to a physician practice and make an appointment next week. They may not want to, they, they may want to go to a retail clinic. They may want to do something virtually. And that's where I think for me, you know, part of it is, is kind of the, the, the cross between competition and collaboration. I think there's opportunities to work with these other outlets that are being created, these other channels that are pulling and attracting patients who typically were managed within the healthcare system, and to work with that and let the, the patient or the consumer make the choice where they want to go, but be when, when you're selected or you're elected to be the one that does provide the care or that supplements care for somebody else, you know, be, be best, be the best at what you can do when you get that opportunity, but you have to earn the opportunity. It's no longer just, just you know, open up the doors, they're going to be lined up you need to be able to be attractive to them to come in. Right. So loaded question, what is the future looking like? What do you think? <laughs> well, I think, the, I think the future is uh, certainly going to be much different than what we experienced today. However, I think it's going to be very similar to how we've seen the evolution happen within other industries. Like we mentioned before with retail and financial services, other aspects of our life that have kind of moved in that manner. Um, health is becoming certainly extremely more important 
thousands, tens of thousands of apps and people getting into the health aspect of what we're doing and how you can stay connected, how you can be part of that. Um, so to me, it's really going to be um, probably at this point, we don't know what the future is going to look like. So that's why to me to be fast, flexible, focused in our work, we will be successful at the end. It's very exciting. It's an yeah. exciting time. It's, just, it's the best, it's the most exciting time of my career. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's great. So we were so excited to have you here as our keynote speaker. And so oh, I was honored. <laughs> so you've been to some of the sessions and you've been with the attendees. And so I'm curious, what are you think are the benefits of attending a small intimate program like ours at the Millennium Alliance? Yeah, I, I really think it's, it's, it's creating those relationships that we talked kind of at the beginning different types of relationships versus a, a patient provider relationship, but relationships with other peers, you know, across the country that have very similar objectives and things that, that you know, you want to work on together. In many cases, you're in non-competitive markets. So from that standpoint, to be able to share open dialogue about things that you're doing or thinking about doing is really good. You've got great partners that are here, you know, the ones that are here that are representing the very um, intimate conversations with what's going on. You can kind of peel back the onion a little bit more and not have the dog and pony that you might get back at your place or if you're going somewhere else. So to me, it's all about the relationship piece and, and with the, you know, what I've seen and observed and been part of, you know, people want to connect back with you. So, you know, how can I connect with you on LinkedIn or how can I, you know, here's my card and, and, and stay really attached. And, and to me, those relationships have very little to do with the companies because we all change companies from time to time. But once you build those relationships with the people as a person, when he or she moves somewhere else, you're still going to have that relationship. So you come out of here with kind of like a, another set of friends and friends that you can rely on, that you can count on, that you can pick up the phone and call because you've met, you've seen, you've talked to each other. And now there's an opportunity that we can leverage each other's experience. Great. Glad you feel that way because that's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And be sure to check out our other interviews exclusively on Digital Diary.